I have a very brief presentation, but before we uh, go into that presentation, maybe just a couple of words about the organization I work for. The Hedge Fund Standards Board is a standard-setting organization for the hedge fund industry. It's a private sector-driven effort, which is backed by over 100 major hedge fund managers and one of the biggest investors in the world, including sovereign wealth funds from uh, Asia, from Australia and elsewhere, and big pension funds. And it's basically an effort of market participants, so the producers, which are the hedge fund managers, and the users of that industry, which are the investors, to set standards and establish norms for that industry, which benefit both parties and ultimately the investors and the managers are the best economic agents and who know best how this industry should operate. And that's why they feel that this is a good op uh, approach for uh, improving the, the standards in that industry. Now, my presentation today is not about the Hedge Fund Standards Board and our efforts to uh, improve outcomes in that industry. I'm actually talking about the role of capital markets in mitigating financial crises. And uh, you might find this maybe a provocative um, title because many people believe that all these spiffs and speculators and short sellers actually brought the financial crisis over us and bet against Greece. But if you as you might have learned earlier today in the presentation from Andrew Lillico uh, from uh, Europe Economics, um, actually there were fundamental issues in Greece with excessive debt, lacking competitiveness and so on. And I think many policy leaders today also realize that uh, it's not the investors or speculators who are to blame for uh, the Greek crisis or the financial crisis. And I would like to just uh, remind us the important role capital markets played in the economy and also play they, the capital markets play in mitigating financial crisis. So that's um, the uh, title and the, the purpose of this presentation, and it's only three slides. The, the starting point uh, of this presentation is just uh, to take really a bird's eye perspective on what is currently going on. Uh, in, uh, in the regulatory world, and um, I want to try to, to really take a more holistic view on um, the developments we might face in the next 10 to 15 years. Uh, you might also take away a slightly more upbeat view on financial services and particular elements of the financial sector going forward. So for many of you who are having to decide what career to pursue, whether to work in banks and asset management or other sectors of the industry, I'm actually much more upbeat on, uh, on the future of at least certain parts of that uh, sector. Um, now, the starting point is that um, after the financial crisis, which obviously was a banking crisis, since we have seen excessive risk-taking in banks, you, you, we heard earlier today that uh, banks only have uh, 2, 3 or 4 percent of capital to carry a huge balance sheet, which is obviously not uh, a big buffer to uh, take losses. So we had a banking crisis where banks have taken excessive risk and um, ultimately um, uh, we have seen that banks fail, a lot of negative externalities arise and it can be very damaging. Now um, we have to remember that uh, we have seen crises in the past and if you think back of the um, new economy bubble which burst in 2000, you don't remember that there was a banking crisis, right? There was nothing really, no vibration in the financial system, no crack in the financial architecture. And the, the reason why nothing happened back then is because banks were not involved. So all these risks were not shouldered by banks and all these risks were not taken by banks. So the bottom line is, if we take risk out of the banking sector and uh, risk is taken elsewhere and by those who have a stronger propensity to take risk, we can actually avoid financial crisis to happen. And um, Obviously, the efforts underway right now with uh, stronger liquidity requirements for banks, more capital requirements for banks, in some countries even bank levies, uh, 
well, the bank levies will probably not make banks more stable, but the first two elements will make the, the banking sector more resilient against crises. Um, one takeaway of that or one result of that is that banking as a source of finance will become much more expensive going forward. Well, that's, that's one thing that uh, a lot of policymakers are quite concerned about because obviously if you think about wealth, prosperity and growth in Europe uh, for the next 10 to 15 years or 10 to 20 years, we actually need finance and investment here in Europe to enable that growth. However, the, uh, the point I want to make here is that um, uh, actually we have capital markets through which investors can take risk through which capital can flow or investment can flow to Europe and anywhere else in the world without the type of systemic contamination that we otherwise see if banks are taking risks. On the next um, page, um, I just want to bring up a comparison of, of Europe uh, in, in contrast to the U.S., the U.S. is uh, an area which has very well-developed capital markets. They are very strongly reliant on finance through capital markets. Actually, 75% of finance goes through the capital market mechanism and only 25% through banks. So the U.S. is, in a way, much more resilient against the banking crisis because they have the capital markets which can provide the finance for growth and prosperity, while in Europe we are much more reliant on banks. And as we know, during a banking crisis, banks just don't function that well and uh, maybe finance and uh, credit is not uh, given. Um, so if I was a policy leader here in Europe, um, um, I um, would probably be very concerned that uh, while we make banking much more expensive going forward through liquidity, credit uh, requirements, even bank levies, uh, we don't have these well-developed capital markets here in Europe as they exist in the United States. And obviously, capital markets will fill the gap when banking as a source of finance becomes less attractive. So um, uh, a serious policy leader should really think about how we actually make our capital markets in Europe more attractive and allow more risk-taking via capital markets rather than via bank balance sheets. And unfortunately, that's not necessarily the key focus of European policymakers and uh, maybe not of policymakers around the globe, uh, but unfortunately, this could be a detrimental uh, aspect uh, for Europe going forward that we don't have that type of infrastructure. Obviously, we have a, a strong hedge fund industry here in London. We have also a lot of private equity activity, but compared to the U.S., it's much less. So. Um, if we care about growth, about prosperity going forward, uh, policymakers should actually accompany the, the development of more capital market activity, of more asset management activity, of more private equity, of more of these evil hedge funds and speculators and spiffs who have the propensity to take risk, to provide finance to the economy without the type of systemic contamination that we would otherwise see if it's all done via bank balance sheets. Now, the last page of this um, this presentation is in a way um, something we have discussed with uh, policy leaders around Europe last year after the Greek crisis unfolded and after a lot of policy leaders lashed out and did bashing of speculators, of hedge funds, of short sellers, in a way portraying that the crisis was caused by these investors. The point we were making back then is that um, actually Europe today more than ever needs investors with appetite for risk to buy up all the risky assets that we have here because if we scare away investors by calling them speculators, spists and others, other things, um, there's no one left to buy these assets and the European Central Bank will actually end up having to buy all these things or the German government to bail it out. So um, actually uh, they shouldn't scare away the investors that they need most uh, these days. And I think a lot of policy leaders have learned that lessons not because we have discussed it with them but because they realize that actually Europe needs capital inflow and investment more than ever today. 
the second lesson that's along the same line on the right-hand side of that slide, um, the markets are not the enemy. I think uh, the markets provide a very healthy role in sanctioning waste of capital and in sanctioning those who can't handle and invest properly and waste it at the end of the day. And uh, unfortunately, um, uh, markets maybe didn't sanction quick enough. I'm aware, I know a few hedge fund managers who did short selling of Greek debt in 2005 because they felt Greece is on a slippery road which is going steeper and steeper and they will never be able to pay back their debt. But unfortunately, back then, a lot of other investors didn't share this view. So they, they continued to provide finance and uh, uh, funding to, to governments which were uh, living beyond their means. So actually, we need more active investors and more investors who look closely and are capable to sanction waste and sanction those who don't use capital in a responsible fashion. The, the other point is, um, would priorities be different? If markets hadn't sanctioned Greece and hadn't sanctioned waste of capital uh, in January and earlier last year, um, wouldn't we have not woken up to the crisis and to the, the issues that were actually brewing up? Maybe things would have continued up to debt levels of 200% or more before people had realized, oh, actually, this can never be paid back. So markets are actually quite powerful and quite useful in sanctioning waste. And that's what I mentioned earlier, we need more active investors. And one thing that you as um, academics and students might want to look at is what impact more and more passive investment has on the quality of capital markets. If everyone just blindly follows the index and doesn't look closely anymore whether an investment is good or bad, where would that lead? Does it deteriorate the quality of capital market, the quality of capital allocation? And, or does it create incentives for all those who are active managers and who want to look closely and invest in information acquisition and research to distinguish the good and the bad investments. So that um, this is just a food for thought for you as uh, students. The conclusion uh, for us was that um, markets shouldn't be, uh, markets actually capable of achieving change and uh, mitigating crisis. If investors early on sanction those who live beyond their means, who take on excessive debt, and if markets raise these signals and alarm bells, we realize they do that much earlier than any policy leader has done in the past. So we should actually encourage markets to function properly and uh, policy leaders should look at how we can make markets operate even better in the future so that maybe the next uh, debt crisis is mitigated early on <coughs> because investors understand that uh, excessive debt might never be paid back. Uh, so um, uh, that's the type of message we, we are spreading and that's the type of message obviously which also goes along with the regime we are uh, promoting the hedge fund standards board which is to make the marketplace for hedge fund investment to operate properly with a lot of transparency and a lot of clarity for investors so that they can make good investment choices. That's the quick run-through uh, of my presentation.